you want to talk some Star Trek? Star Trek. So did, on the other show, did you guys talk about Discovery? No. No, we just did okay. Lower Decks Part 2. Um, that was a while oh, ago. Okay. Yeah. We can talk about that, too. I love Lower Decks. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. Right on. I don't, I I'll try and remember my, what happened because I, I watched it like, in September. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I still have my Lower Decks notes. I can find a... I actually started rewatching season one last night because uh, I rewatched Prodigy to to write some notes down, yeah. and then when I got done with that, it's not very long. It's like no. five 23, 23 minute episodes. So when I got done with that, I was like, I'm gonna watch some Lower Decks again. Such a good show. You know, uh, maybe we should intro because we're ready to talk about Lower Decks already. Uh, hello, Kit. How are you? Hey, <laughs> I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks. So I guess. I guess thanks doing, for having me on. Yeah, yeah. I think we're we're doing carbon scoring right now, right? Or or, or is this our uh, Battlestar Galactica subpod or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> it's just you and me today, bud. Oh. So say we. So say we too. So say we only. Yeah. Uh, we're 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 having a special episode. This is not carbon scoring. It's not. Uh, what would what would thirty three minutes? That's our our subpod for. Because you have to do every battle start good, yeah. in 33 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is not either of those. We're doing uh, we're doing a subspace transmission, you and me, because we've watched Star Trek Prodigy, and uh, well, <laughs> we started talking about lower decks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, pr- with me, pretty much everything comes back to lower decks at this point. Yeah, I eventually because yeah. I, I love that show. So. Well, what you were saying about it just now, before we uh, officially started, was. You come back to it and you think, oh, I could watch that. And uh, I was describing to Ken, uh, he was saying, oh, I haven't watched Discovery yet. I, I should watch Discovery. I said, no, don't start with Discovery. Like, I, I get that you want to participate in Star Trek again, but start with Lower Decks. Uh, it, it doesn't grab people as a Star Trek show because it's animated, which we'll get into in a minute with Prodigy. Um, as a mainline Star Trek show, right? It's animated. It can't be the mainline. It's like, actually, hold on it's yeah it's a comedy but also if you really from the tng era it has the same exact vibe of i could just turn this on at any point in time almost any episode and just chill with it and uh and uh, the added bonus of it being very funny yeah yeah it is it is it is a golden time for star trek animation right now i can't believe it it just all of a sudden uh with no Star Trek animation after 50 years, right? They did the 70s animation yeah. show. I've watched all of it. I'll never watch it again. Uh, I'm sure there are people out there that like Star Trek enough to watch it again. And, and I don't uh, mean to dissuade you from doing so, but you you might find Lower Decks more worth your rewatch time, in my opinion. Um, it is. It's all of a sudden like, oh, you know, we can animate stuff in space and it might be pretty cool since we're already animating half of live action star trek you know it it occurred to me last night as i was watching prodigy that it seems odd to me that during the the heyday of the 90s that there wasn't an animated show that i know when they were making live action multiple live action shows at the same time and movies that they didn't decide hey why don't we try uh an animated show you know maybe geared at a little bit younger audience it's you're right um the theme of the 90s got progressively more 
I mean, even almost a dark in Star Trek, right? You get to Nemesis and yeah. like, that's a very dark story. Even the movie itself is just shot in the dark. It's like they put a night filter on at all the times, you know? Yeah. Um, DS9 gets progressively more adult as it goes on. Voyager gets progressively more adult as it goes on. It's, I think the, the you get to Enterprise and it's hopeful-ish again. And but Enterprise didn't perform well enough to for them to start thinking about more shows, you know. Right. And uh, it's unfortunate. I would have loved to have grown with a ninety like nineteen ninety one Star Trek animated TV series. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. Like a maybe not Nickelodeon, but somewhere it might have had to be Nickelodeon, honestly. Well, and and it was it was the nineties. Everything got a cartoon. I mean, Mortal Kombat had a Saturday morning. Yeah. kids cartoon and i mean like that makes no sense so like i mean I, I don't know it just it, it never really occurred to me at the time but but yeah. it seems odd in, in retrospect it, it definitely had that vibe of like star trek is the show for adults right yeah um 1991 uh <laughs> i don't know why i picked that year but you we didn't have new star wars yet either so no, hmm. that was that was in right in the 2000. middle of the yeah. Well, uh, maybe the Zon book. Oh yeah, I, I don't remember when but, that came out, but yeah, I mean basically nothing. Basically nothing except some video games, you know. Yeah. Um. And weird, very weird to be sitting now and being like, wow, we went from Discovery to like a new golden age of of uh, animation for. Very strange. Very strange. Uh. So lower decks. Yeah. Uh. Wonderful little show coming back in april which is unfortunate to me i wish why i just wish i could have like 15 episodes instead of 10 they're very oh, short seasons and then they take a long time to produce and i don't begrudge that because it's high quality but it just makes me sad that it goes away for so long yeah you know? but um prodigy jj's not gonna watch prodigy so you watched it with me <laughs> out of out of curiosity is it just because it's he doesn't want to watch it because it's for aimed at kids. I think it's a Nickelodeon yeah, thing. Or? I think it's it's just he watched the trailers for it and thought this isn't like uh, his bag in terms of like the that zone of things. I don't think he's ever watched the Avatar. You know that it it already is exudes a little bit of that vibe from the Nickelodeon catalog of you know Avatar or the slightly older kids cartoons. Is yeah, what it, 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 it shines to me. And I don't think he takes a liking to any of that kind of animation. And I don't. Fair enough. You know, it's, yeah. I mean, it's all genre specific. Right? I don't go for horror movies very often. You know, the people, people yeah. eventually grow into their genres. And uh, I think exposure can sometimes change your mind. Right? Like I would not have picked Avatar unless someone told me that I respected was like, no, you really need to get past the first couple episodes. And then I did. And I was like, okay, this is definitely a genre I enjoy. And so that's uh yeah. Just, just by the, what I had seen, like the little bits of trailers and things, I didn't think that I was going to like lower decks. That didn't seem like something that would interest me. But then when you guys watched it and said how great it was, I went and watched it and gave it a try and now I love it. So yeah, yeah it's it, Lower Decks is weird because it gives you the Rick and Morty vibe in the trailers, right? They, they're they only trying to show you the wacky hijinks. And they don't yeah. show you that the Star Trek glue is there. 
whoever they have in that writer's room loves every aspect of Star Trek, right? And and it clearly, yeah. It it's, it's done lovingly and you can yeah. tell that they that they have uh, a deep knowledge and love for the material. So yeah, so uh Mike McCann sits there and and plugs in the humor along the way of an actual Star Trek story. And that's the great yeah. part I think about Lower Decks. Uh very different for a Star Trek prodigy. Yes, totally different. Not but... a comedy so much, maybe in so much as uh they're trying for kids laughs and once in a yeah. while they get me to laugh, but uh let's yeah, let's uh let's get into it here. Very much a Nickelodeon show. Which um Tweens. It's all about the yeah. tweens now. Which I I, I liked Avatar, so like that. This is this is something that that I also enjoyed. I don't, um, you know, like obviously not all of. I, I realize that this is for a younger audience, and not all of the the humor is exactly what I'm looking for out of the show. But I don't, I don't mind. I agree. It. Yeah, I agree that not all the humor. I'm not super into when they're trying to make the kids laugh. That's yeah. to me kind of not that interesting. I'm trying to find the uh... yeah, but it's a, I, I just feel like it's a Nickelodeon show. They know, they know their their demographic that they're yep. going after very very well, and I'm sure that that they know when they're supposed to put in some slapstick stuff or some sure you know yeah. you stuff keep, that's aimed at eleven year olds. Got to keep the kids interested. Yeah, uh, they have a lot of good actors f- for this show, which surprised me. I mean, they pulled. Yeah, I was. I was surprised that they got that they had John Noble doing the voice Diviner. of the Diviner. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I heard his voice and I was like, whoa, wait a minute. And yeah. I went back and was like, yeah, it is John Noble. That's cool. And, um, you know, they've got Kate Mulgrew doing Janeway and yeah. uh, D. Bradley Baker does Murph for some reason. I don't know yeah. how he was like, yes, I want to make no nothing other than noises for like every five, ep- five minutes in every episode max. Well, I mean, he's he's a very prolific voice actor, so he probably yeah. was able to squeeze it into a schedule and, yeah. you know, make uh, a little bit of money. And then you got Jason Manzukas backing up the cast just for to give a silly voice to somebody. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like that he says his own name. That's a weird... Oh, weird Jankum? Jankum Fogg. Yeah. 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 He's a... and, and that's the only... None of these other races other than humans none of the other species are previously existing other than the tellerites right i think the tellerites are the only ones yeah yeah um that was the only those the, obviously janeway but um janeway but she's not technically yeah, but, there obviously yeah uh, but the, spoilers. the tellerite was the only one yeah the the tellerite was the only one that i recognized of the I, of any of the the other races so i don't think that we've run into a single one so far including I, I thought for a minute zero had been invented before, um, but then I looked it up and I could not find another um, another instance of what does she call the Medusans? Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think I could find another use of the Medusans anywhere. So yeah, I anyway. can't. I, I not that I can remember. Yeah. So uh, if you remember that. Oh wait, there were there was the Kazon at the beginning. Oh, that's too. true. But yeah. the Kazon but didn't uh, last very long. Yeah. The cat, the Kazon who dropped off the weird cat thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, so he Tellarite's I think is the only one. Uh we're in some sort of distant part of the galaxy. Spoilers, uh, I guess, here. Um The first episode was long, and I guess it counted as two parts. Uh yeah. It was a forty minute thing. I think they could have done a shorter job here with the introduction of this show. I know they're trying to get you to know Dal and know that you're in a different part of the galaxy and know who the diviner is and know um, who's the diviner's uh, right-hand guy. Um, Dreadnought, I think. Dread, Dreadnought. Yeah, I Jimmy Simpson plays Dreadnought. Yeah. Um, he's a great character actor, Jimmy Simpson. Yeah, literally uh, an evil robot overlord. Dude, so good. He, I mean, he's with multiple arms. Sound familiar? Yeah, and unable to turn him into into guns. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's a cool character. I like him. He is. And he's well acted, obviously. Yeah. They try to get you to know everybody, but I feel like it took a long time. And by the end of it, I was like, I don't really like Dal. I don't really, you know. Yeah. The first, the first 40 minutes is a little rough. Um, but by the end of it, we get to see the, uh, what's the name of the ship? Oh, my God the um the star star star, star protostar protostar that's it yeah cuz the protostar is the name of the ship but also the name of the thing yeah in the ship uh yeah the and first the first time that i watched it i don't i don't remember when they actually say the the name protostar but I think the it first comes time up that i watched third it episode. Yeah, I I don't think i realized until like the fourth or fifth episode that it wasn't voyager just with like a experimental drive, drive in it. it yeah it looks yeah. exactly like the voyager it's weird yeah um yeah i i don't have much to say about those first couple episodes uh those first that the the long one-parter or two-parter or whatever you want to call it uh it's it introduces rock talk it introduces gwyn and dal and on all the characters you're supposed to know also by the way they do still a better job than discovery of telling me who the people's names are oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I I found uh, quite a bit in those. Um, uh, I like that they that they were able to set up the the escape and the from the prison colony where they had everybody. I like that they that they were able to make it. So the show is very much about um, the 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 difference between like. Who, who your family is between blood like there's like Gwen and and the diviner but they have like a horrible relationship even though they're blood relations and then like everybody else who is orphans but they all come together um at like your adopted family versus your blood family and i thought that they did a really good job of doing that plus those safety videos were hilarious yes I, I they were those, very good yeah and the and the uh, the trip down into the mine where you finally meet Rock Talk and and uh, you just assume because of how big she is, uh, you know, yeah, that uh, he's gonna get he's gonna get killed. Yeah, <laughs> Dal's gonna like just get murdered right there. Um, yep, I think you're right. It does a great job of at least setting up that there's gonna be an issue between Gwen and the Diviner, uh, which by the time we get to episode five, which is the mid season break, is like. Oh, okay. This is really what this show is going to be about, and uh, that's a good revelation that it's not going to be a show just about hijinks and and spectacle as much as some other shows might be, but maybe about 
being on the ship, talking to each other, going through the fact that Dal seems to like go alternately between massive, inflated, insane egotist uh, to someone who like can't stop thinking about other people and trying to help them out when he's actually put his feet to the fire, right? So, you know, yeah. when they're touring the ship and and they're picking the captain and all these other things and um zero says oh cool we can all stay in the same room together everyone will like that especially rock talk it'll be you know like really helpful and then dallas like no i'm gonna go to the you know plush captain's quarters and because i'm the captain it's like clearly you're not the captain yet man like no one's the captain here yeah Uh, well and like they make it really clear that he he's like the least qualified person to be the captain of the entire well maybe not murph but like everybody else, <laughs> but he's also the, like better qualified, but he's also the least qualified of, of anyone to do anything actually, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. You watch watching other Nickelodeon shows um, like Aang is, is immature and all these other things, but he's also the most competent at doing the thing he's supposed to eventually do. Yeah. And the only person who's actually competent at anything in this seems to be Junkum Pog or Gwyn, right? Like I, I think everyone except for doll, because Fugitive Zero and uh, um, Rock Talk, I think both have uh, Rock Talk's a little kid, yeah. but obviously has knowledge well beyond her. I, I don't know how old she is, but like for a little kid, she's I think like she said she's eight. Very competent, and uh, obviously Fugitive Zero knows quite a bit about a lot of things as well. Um, Fugitive I don't know. Zero I, seems I wouldn't to be say very old, right? I'm, I, I can't tell with Fugitive Zero yeah. what she's supposed to She sometimes alternates between seeming like she's very wise and then sometimes gets distracted, like the proto-star distraction. She just can't refocus during that one episode, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, eight, she's eight. I, I, I was correct. Okay. She's a brickar. Yeah, but I, I feel like Dal's uh, skills... And Dal does have a lot of skills with like fast talking and and uh, uh, being able to improvise, but I don't feel like those are are particularly skills that we see a lot in Starfleet. Well, he's also one of those. Even through the fifth episode, he's definitely like he the closest to his one sheet presentation when they sold the show. Dal's a slick talking rogue kid, yeah. and he just hasn't evolved really yet and i think that's it seems intentional already that he's not coming to terms yet like some of the other characters have started to come to terms especially gwen uh yeah immediately presented with like rock talk telling her like hey man i'm eight years old you abducted me oh why'd you do that why what we thought you were family oh uh hmm good question yeah you know um, yeah interesting very interesting to get into i like the i think the two most interesting of the five episodes was the two-parter on the uh on the terror planet or whatever you want to call it murder the world M, the murder world the m class yeah. planet that janeway says they have to go check out because they're starfleet and yeah in his only wisdom in the entire show doll says no we really don't need to go there and everybody else uh shoots him down yeah uh, they get stuck. Yeah. They get stuck on the murder planet, which is, uh, it turns out is not an M class planet. Maybe might be just a living organism. I guess it's not yeah. well well defined how that works. But uh... I like when when uh, Zero 
reads its mind. There's there's a scene where they're walking and Zero's like, well, maybe maybe we just don't understand what it wants. Nope, it definitely just wants to eat us. <laughs> I do, yeah. Zero Zero's interesting character. Like, yeah, doesn't doesn't always come. It seems very ad like it. A good definition would be like some sort of ADD. Like she's so she's some sort of for people that haven't seen it yet. She's some sort of amorphous. Um, gaseous living thing that lives inside of a containment vessel because otherwise she would lose corporeal form um and her she has sort all sorts of superpowers is the only way to really describe what she can do but at the same time i think that she's so interconnected with like the universe at a different level that it seems like they're writing it to be like yeah she's not going to save the day every time because she's distracted by all these other things in her head that, or he, I don't know, it, it they, they I, the best way to describe Zero is probably they, I guess. Uh, they um, are always distracted, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we get halfway through a two-parter before Zero's like, oh, wait a minute, this thing's alive. I could just read its mind. Oh, no, yeah, it doesn't matter that I can read its mind. <laughs> Uh, kind of funny. Kind of funny. Uh, that episodes are those episodes are really good because you finally uh, have real bad guys that we're gonna get invested in the divine. Oh yeah, you, they set that up well right at the beginning. I mean, you can't get much more bad guy than child slavery. <laughs> so, and like child child slave situation that is uh, about like some sort of obsession with the protostar so much so that uh i have this daughter that might not actually be my daughter but at the same time i'm going to uh sacrifice everything and and ignore her and treat her badly and use her and it's like very yeah. clearly you're not a good person <laughs> yeah um yeah uh, which also is a brilliant uh mechanism to use in a children's show because then the kids can immediately side with because the kids watching our kids and so they're like man i really wouldn't want to be a slave in a crystal mine so yeah, it's like who's the bad guy yeah right just like temple of doom you're like man that that's terrible these guys really are bad <laughs> um yeah so but she's a zero's interesting it right i don't yeah I don't know how to describe the proto star. I think is the only other character really we haven't talked about because the proto star include includes Janeway. How, right. how do you, how do you like this depiction of Janeway so far? I don't know how it fits to me in terms of accepting the canonicity of, Oh, a few years after Voyager got back, they already turned her into an AI so she could lead crews of people. But like, it, it's, whatever like throw that away for the kids show and just how do you how do you like this interpretation of captain janeway i love this janeway um this janeway as soon as as soon as she turned on in the sh in the show it reminded me of 
the episode or episodes of Voyager. Do you remember the emergency command hologram yeah. episodes where the doctor yes. he had like the like doctor that, had the uh, entire that, ship that fantasy world? Yeah. yeah, where he was like everybody else was incapacitated and he had yeah. to take over. So he's like, computer, activate the emergency command hologram. It kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> his, pips, and so, his pips changed on his collar, yeah. and his collar and, changed. It was so good. And, yeah, and I loved those episode or that episode or those episodes of of Voyager, yeah. and so um, that immediately endeared this to me. Plus, I thought that I thought that she was an excellent choice. I, I don't really know if you're going to have a training hologram. I can't think of really anybody better to use. Uh, yeah, and it seemed like something that that Janeway herself would have been because she was she had all the governess uh, uh, hologram or holodeck adventures so it seemed like something that would totally be within her wheelhouse when 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 she got back so yeah. if they said hey do you want to do you want to like train recruits and she'd be like oh i am all for that so yeah. i thought i thought that 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 was a a terrific idea on their part and i i really liked there were a lot of really genuinely funny parts with with her and her like deadpan delivery of really funny stuff whenever doll was going to do something really stupid but she's just like totally calm and like, I should caution you that you're going to fly, you know, like that you might be flying right into a star or into a dying star or, you know, uh, or like, I love, I love the part when he, when he says, uh, um, transfer all power to the, to the, <laughs> yeah, so to the impulse engines. <laughs> and like, and she's power? like, that will include me. Yeah. And, and, but like in the middle of the sentence, she shuts out <laughs> or she, she gets shut down and, and like the, the, the jail cell do doors shut down and they stuff. They lose and like, gravity. And, they don't yeah. have air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that because because Jankum took him. I think it was Jankum, either Jankum or Zero, whoever was at the, those controls, took him, took Doll literally and yeah, literally shut everything every <laughs> single thing to the to the impulse engines. And like, I mean, there's a lot of like she does a really good uh, um, Kate Mulgrew does a really good job of delivering those lines or like when, when uh, in the episode later on, when Gwen takes over the ship and she's like trying to tell her, look, you've been locked out of all the systems. And then Gwen takes over, guesses the password or whatever and takes over. And then, yeah, so and then they... she switches and she's like, and you're now in full control. <laughs> you know, like I, she just, I felt like she did a really good job with yeah. being able to deliver the comedic lines. And there were a lot of really good, lines in there for her it's funny that she seems to be the the comedy for adults right like everybody yeah. that watched a new janeway her delivery is not for kids like the kids are not going to get the like the kid kids yeah. that are like laughing at the jankum pog jokes like yeah. jankum pog doesn't want to die you know that that joke is <laughs> like fine I, I smile at that because jason manzoukas is funny but like the the real jokes come from like Janeway talking to herself as a hologram trying to get a planet to stop eating her ship right <laughs> like yeah protostar interesting what's the you know like uh yeah, yeah like you said when Gwen gets out and she's giving her a lecture about how she's not actually part of the crew and mid-sentence has to be like hello and now you're the captain yeah yeah very, yeah. very good um I think that part of it for me the relationship between Gwen and the diviner and why he trained her to know everything about Starfleet ships, right? Like she yeah. knew how to break in. She knew how to hack into the computer. She already knew everything about the protostar, why he knows everything. That section of it, the story of the show, if they maintain 
working on that every once in a while. I mean, at the end of this fifth episode, there's a whole series of reasons why it could take a break from that. If they keep working on it a little bit at a time, story-wise, that'll be enough for me. I don't know about you. I don't know. I, I think I think that I would be surprised. I would be shocked if if they were not maybe not central in every episode, but that that the Diviner and Dreadnought were not uh the the main bad guys throughout the rest of the that that the threat of them that we don't at least check in with them every episode and see where they are in their chase and that 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 if not for multiple seasons at least for the rest of the season i would be shocked if they were not uh yeah. if if their chase was not the overarching uh plot of this season i don't know how you drift off of them into lower decks territory where it's kind of like there's a through line to the season, but it's maybe five minutes of the 25 minutes, you know, um, drifting mm-hmm. off into that versus drifting into, okay, well they got away from them with using the protostar this time and they couldn't be tracked and all that. Do we spend the next five episodes from the second half of this season just hanging out and being wacky? I, I don't know. I, I could see either direction being a direction. I hope it's more your direction. And I don't mean that in the discovery way of like only the plot matters, uh, you know, and we're never going to do distract ourselves. And uh, yeah, I, I, there's, there's a balance to be had. And I think with Nickelodeon shows, especially there's a balance to be had between the main story and the side story. So far the episodes seem well, you can only you can't really count the first two because that's setting up everything. But yeah. three, four, and five are are well balanced in terms of the Star Trekiness of let's go explore this planet. What's wrong with it? Oh no, it's gonna eat us. Oh wait, the main bad guy's actually coming here. You know? That yeah. that's a good balance, I think. Um so far. I, I thought that it was going back to the to the adopted family versus blood thing. I thought that it was really telling that the when she knew that the planet wasn't her dad was when he said that he was proud of her that was when she was like oh you're not my dad at all very very deep how how heartbreaking yeah yeah very deep uh and interesting lies a good that's a really good point yeah yeah but um yeah well written that yeah the 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 planet reminded me of the matrix um like it's vines instead of a computer planet but like just like how it's the whole world and um it's just trying to keep them there to eat them and it's like giving them a fantasy to try and keep them there and rock talks fantasy you think is initially rock talks fantasy is like oh she's being hugged by bunnies because she's eight years old but it's not like the 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 writing burying her alive (laughs) <laughs> yeah they are it's kind of funny when they show up and she's just under vines forever um, yeah but if you pay attention really closely like that for kids is the interesting part right oh look she's buried under these bunnies oh it's not bunnies it's vines oh but if yeah. you listen to her later on in the episode it wasn't that the bunnies were there it's that she was being loved right, right? she was being hugged she was being comforted that yeah. was the thing the planet was giving her and she's an eight-year-old kid that was abducted and thrown into a mine, 
you know, yeah, like right. that's all she needs really. And it it's going to be interesting watching other characters on the show, try to give that to her when they're all yeah. broken too, in some sort of way because of the same issues. Um, yeah, it's a good enough premise for a normal show. And then it has star Trek in it. Right. The, the, when she orders the food and she says like, and that crushed and, me. Yeah. Jankum is like, why would you order that? And she's like, I don't, I was taken so early. I don't remember any other I food. I don't know any. Yeah. This is what, yeah. this is what I eat. I don't know any other food. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, like her story in particular is just very, uh, sort of heartbreaking. Yeah. Really good. Really good. I think personally I, enough for me to yeah. watch another five or whatever the rest of this season is, and then kind of sit back with it. But I think, um, yeah, I think it's, it's yeah, de- definitely for me. Um, the they obviously it's it's aimed at a much younger demographic than me, but there's plenty of what's in there that has captured my interest, and I will definitely and I enjoyed watching it, so I will definitely keep. I'm looking forward to them starting up the second half of season one in, in January. Yeah, and I think that if you're on the fence about it, like it, if we're doing a. Uh review which we never really do because we just say if we liked it or we didn't like it and people can make up their own minds but but i would say for people that are on the fence about it uh give it give it the five episodes it's really not that much of your time it's like watching a movie i mean right it's like two hours definitely definitely uh yeah definitely give it the full five don't don't just watch the the two part (laughs) two part pilot and 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 judge it based on that Yeah. yeah It's and it's rough. It's it's rough to say something about like a show doesn't almost all shows don't catch their stride immediately. Some shows do. And that's not fair. Like Battlestar caught its stride early because they made a movie first. Right. And then you get into the first couple episodes. And you're like, well, this is really good. And you're like, well, yeah, they had they did a movie. You can't you can't judge some shows. Some a show like this is laid out for a different audience. It's not a, a Game of Thrones like where you can build story as you go. It's written to give kids the information they need to then go forward for without thinking about it ever again. Yeah. Uh, and that just is how it is. And so you kind of have to assume past that, that that's where the story is for an adult to catch on. And I think it's there. I think those three other episodes are especially the last two are really where it's going to excel. So give it, give it time. If you're somewhat interested in what you see earlier, if you look at it, just consider, just consider the first five episodes, the, the movie to start (laughs) the the show. And I think that that's, I think that that's a really good analogy um, because it really isn't like, I I don't know. It's uh, what is that? Like 115 minutes. So yeah, like about, about two hours so it's 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 roughly equivalent to a to a movie yeah. so yeah i th- yeah and, I th- and i don't think you have to get all the way to the end to start appreciating it i just think that it builds momentum as it goes so if you only watch the first 45 minutes oh, you're we, probably not going to enjoy it as much as if you watch another 45 minutes we said one of going we said one of the most important and enjoyable things is janeway in the show right well janeway is not in the first 40 minutes yeah. Right. You have to get to the end of the first 40 minutes for the ship to kick on. 
and that's not really right. a spoiler. I mean, it just is what it is. They introduce all the characters. They introduce, you know, that you're in the Delta Quadrant in some random place and all these other things before you can get to what I, you know, ostensibly said, said is one of the best parts, right? Janeway and, and all that. And I think you were saying the same thing. So, yeah, you kind of, it's a slow burn a little bit. Um, and it really, it's good. I think it's good. So there you go. Yeah. Star Trek Prodigy. That's the quick review. And if you, I mean, if you look at a trailer, I guess you could watch a trailer. If you look at a trailer and you kind of don't get the vibe, maybe that then don't do it. But if you get the vibe, you're like kind of interested in Star Trek animated or whatever, do stick it out past those first 40 minutes. You got to try. Right. You got to try. Yeah. I, I will say um, I liked the one other, two other notes. I liked that. Uh, that at the end, I liked that that they showed that Gwen saved Merv, that she didn't need to. But when yeah. when she jumps out of the ship in the in the uh, replicated vehicle, uh, that she that she took the time to save Merv. I think that that shows uh, her character and um, makes it much easier to accept her into the group, um, at which. And then that leads me directly to my second point uh, of, wow, they have vehicle replicators. That's pretty cool. <laughs> it was super cool. Like, right, like the uh, the protostar can replicate an entire, that was a cool scene. And it was really tough to actually, like, um, you feel bad for Rock Talk every time they use her. Yeah. The way that other people used her. So like Gwen breaks out of prison and everyone's immediate reaction is they literally all look at Rock Talk and they're like, well, you, you got to go stop her. And she says, why me? You're like, the biggest well, and the strongest. Look at you. Look at you. I mean, yeah. that's your job. It's like, what? I mean, she's an eight year old kid. What if that's not what she want? Yeah. doesn't matter. You got to go do it. And she gets down there and the scene between the two of them where she's just like you. That is the breaking moment where Gwen has to start accepting her either her responsibility for what she did to these kids or accepting that she needs to make it right, right? Yeah. And when you get to later Murph and uh, her and Rock Talk fighting through a replicating ship was really cool and something you'd only probably see in animation where yeah. the ship is being built around them by a replicator while they're fighting and she's just... And watching an eight-year-old with a body like that go into a rage from being, you know, uh, realizing, because she probably didn't before that, realizing she had been betrayed by somebody. Right. You know, that was, it's really, it's incredible writing in small moments like that. Yeah. Gonna... No, it is. I, I'm, I mean, obviously it is the, the tone and the pacing are aimed at, at, um, younger adults and older kids, yeah. but, but it, it really is, um, really good and engaging and thoughtful writing. Yeah. I mean, you, you reminded me of a scene that I love that I just not thought to mention. I'm very good scene. Yeah. Any, uh, further comments before I hit you with a question about lower decks? No. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, yeah, yes. There it is. Uh, I, I like, I like Gwen's, uh, whatever that living metal, 
oh. thing, the, the like knife thing that That's she has so that cool. can turn into a knife or whatever. Yeah, yeah. How does she, it seems like it's like psychically controlled by her or her braids be, yeah. or something like that? But she's got like bracelets on, or yeah. the, it is whatever it is. But it's it, she usually wears it on her body, and then all of a sudden can turn it into a knife or. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, or it's uh, sentient that she can somehow yeah. communicate, you know, like tell what she wants it to do or, you know, do hand gestures or tele- telepathy or whatever. Yeah, I'm not I'm not exactly sure uh, what that is, but that's a really cool um, almost character in and of itself. When when it when it turns into the splint when she when she hurts yeah. her leg and stuff. She hurts so, her yeah, leg that, and that, it becomes a splint. That's really cool. And, yeah. you know, the, eventually people go they go back for her and they start to accept, you know, that she may not be their friend, but is also a necessary person. And, you know, they can't betray their own value. That stuff as it kind of is starting to work itself out is a little hackneyed. Uh, Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta show them willing to not leave her behind, even though, even though she's, even though she's done horrible things doll can see she may not uh, have done them intentionally as yeah. as mean-spirited as maybe her father did right right and that that uh regardless he just they just can't leave her they can't just abandon her to the planet so they go back for her and and again that's setting up i think i think her journey is going to be um the central one of like uh because, because, like you said, she's already had uh, a significant amount of character development, and I think at least for the this first season, her her journey is going to be the the most the most central one. I I really honestly was starting to develop, and I hadn't I hadn't thought to put it in this because it, we still have five more episodes to see if I'm wrong. But she might actually be the protagonist of the show, and they used Dal to introduce everybody, but he might actually be the deuteragonist, you know. Like not really, yeah. not really the main well, and, as much as you think. I hope. And to go, to go to that point, it's called Prodigy, and I think that we can. They called uh, her Prodigy at least once. Well, and 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 he, the Diviner, calls her Progeny, which yes. sounds almost exactly the same. But the, and like if anybody's if if anybody's a Prodigy on the show, it's, it's certainly not Dal. No, it's not <laughs> Dal. Yeah, no, not at all. And and um. Gosh, I can't remember the the other dude's name. Uh, the the diviner's buddy. Uh, I think it's Dreadnought. Dreg Dreadnock, You're correct. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't stick as easily as the other ones. Dreadnock at one point early on in the episode uh, says, uh, "Young prodigy." To her, I believe I I would have to go back to confirm that, but that's when you're kind of like, "Huh, okay." interesting but very i don't want to say clearly because i could be wrong but i I really believe deeply that it is not about the hijinks of the character you thought was the main character because they introduced him first it's really going to be more about her uh, journey to confront her father and and all the wrongs that she was told were right you know yeah, that that is interesting, and I hope they stick with the thing that is interesting. And doing what she knows, because even at the very beginning of the show, she gets mad at the the Kazon for bringing such a young kid. She knows what she's doing is wrong, and and learning that she just needs to go with that, 
and that her dad has led her down the wrong path and that she needs to to do the right thing so yeah yeah no i i, I agree i i think that the prodigy in the in the name is probably her um although like i think i think that that could apply to i think that it most clearly applies to her although i think that you could make the argument that that the whole ship is full of prodigies but um <laughs> other than dal <laughs> and maybe murph and murph yeah i mean yeah I mean, it, it's hard for me to see zero as uh, they're just not none of the other junkum pog zero even i mean rock talk gets a lot of airtime because she is an interesting character to play with her story right but those those others are not written to be the mains really i mean right they keep they keep putting dal into these positions where you think that he's the main character right he keeps calling himself the captain he keeps calling the shots so far but really it's it's i i really think it's a red herring it's it's he has the makings of the second in importance of a second in command right he doesn't have the makings of a yeah. captain uh although he is really good at bringing them all together which i will say is an important and and nobody else on the show really wants to lead like they all sort of just defer to him automatically anyway cuz he he's he's he wants to do it and he really <laughs> is like sort of the person who and it's not just at the very beginning no that his 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 desire to escape is what brings them all together but like throughout the show he's the one who sort of brings everybody together sort of motivates everybody yeah. he's he's he doesn't have he doesn't have like he can't he can't pilot the ship he can't nope. really do a whole lot of um is, you know he's not an engineer but but he is good at at that he is good his, at motivating his thinking them. in his thinking in critical situations is not very good either but yeah, there's no. the moment on the planet where when he and gwen stop to think together they come up with the idea of looking at the stars right yeah and uh that tells you those two have to be in conjunction for everything to work so yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they place people. I don't know that we'll ever see someone officially crowned captain of the ship uh, unless they somehow make it to Starfleet or something. But I don't know how if they ever make it to Starfleet, Starfleet doesn't go. Thanks for bringing the ship back. Uh, yeah. Get off. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, there's, probably. There's no world in which like we end up with a, a Starfleet structure on board this ship that is not anything more than what Janeway assigns to people. Um, right. Yeah, John Pog is the engineer. Yeah, Rock Talk probably ends up on weapons. But it's it's sad to see some of that. You know? Chief of security. Chief of security. <laughs> yeah. She's got little yellow pips on her, so painted onto her or something. I don't know. Yeah. Try replicating a uniform that big. You do it with the vehicle replicator. <laughs> Funny. What? Yeah. Fugitive uh, can be the science officer. I mean the the tropes are there for those three, right? To sit right, in those yeah. roles. That's they've introduced them as those characters. And I really hope they don't lose especially with Rock Talk the interesting thread of like you're forcing a person into a role based on their appearance and only their physical appearance and abilities. Um it's, it's fascinating. That that part is fascinating. Some of it's for kids, 
Like really, really don't uh, don't lose the thread that some of it's for kids. What is your? Yeah. You said that you've turned on Lower Decks now, as a as a repeat show, which I have not done yet, but I have thought about doing sometimes while I'm doing dishes or something like that. Uh, it, when I finish my rewatch of Stargate SG One. <laughs> um what was the one you went to what was your what's your moment i i just started back over at the beginning uh so i rewatched i watched prodigy i don't know like a month ago when it roughly when it came out and then i rewatched it last night when because we were going to record so i rewatched prodigy last night all of it uh to refresh my memory and take some more detailed notes and then uh when i got done because like you said it's only two hours long uh I still had some time before I went to bed, so I decided that I was in a Star Trek mood and just turned on Lower Decks, uh, which, so I have, I watched season one once, uh, last, about a year ago. Um, I didn't, I don't, I don't think I watched it when it first came out, but when you guys were talking about it and how good it was, then I went and watched it and it was probably about this time of year. And then, uh, I rewatched it before season two came out. Uh, I rewatched season one before season two came out this year, and then I watched season two. Uh, so I guess this is my third viewing of season one. Yeah. But I'll just I'll just keep watching it because I, I really love that show. I think so, the, um, the side jokes that come back later, like there's a side joke in season one that she makes running down a hallway that ends up turning into a character in season two. You know, stuff yeah. like that, where not everything that's a throwaway ends up a throwaway and it right. doesn't matter if you remember it. The joke is still good either way, which is one yeah. of the better parts or like taking jokes that might have even been jokes in TNG, like Jordy saying there was a cetacean ops and someone's going like, what is cetacean ops? Let's figure that out. And like, um, clearly yeah. we have, uh, whales on board. That's what that means. You know, like what? Uh, yeah, like uh, that's season two stuff, I guess. But uh, season one is equally as funny. Um, oh yes, yeah. maybe even a little less ridiculous in its approach to um dragging people in. There's a lot more down to earth uh episodes in season one. I think I was trying to remember one of the, my favorite ones in there was the the one where they create uh the holodeck training program with the little badgie. Oh yeah, Badgie's one. great. Badgie's yeah. so good. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, that Badgie episode was so good. I wish that was a character later. And like, oh, the end of season one, Badgie comes back. You know, it's like those yeah. those moments are really, really funny. That's um, yeah. Things like that they do with the holodeck always are great. Uh, things like bringing Shaxx back in season two and just not telling you why, and then having it be an entire plot point about. You don't ask senior officers how they came yeah. back from the dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was or the I think the end of season 1 or the beginning of season 2 when he gets when he gets the teleporter clone. Oh and, yeah, it's beginning of season 2. <laughs> and and they show him talking to Riker and he's doing the Riker maneuver <laughs> with his leg in the background. Like yeah, we yeah, over the chair. Yeah. Yeah. There's just there's so many good like really quick uh jokes in there it's it's a deep love that 
walking around with a Tom Paris plate and making oh, just, yeah. just saying that you're going to make an episode about commemorative Star Trek plates. Yeah. Not just says that you love Star Trek as a show, but you love the Star Trek fandom, right? Like, yeah, everybody yeah. had commemorative plates, but even I ended up with commemorative Star Trek plates, and I I don't even know where they came from or how, you know, like, it's just, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's really good. And things that even I had to go look back up, like, okay, where were the the Mugatus from? I don't remember where those are from. Oh, so, well, it's one one episode in the original series. Of course, you don't remember where it was from. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but they're, they're, uh, they're a great character in this, so. Yeah, they are. Really good. Changing the Ferengi into conservationists was brilliant. <laughs> like, yeah. Actually, you'll make more money if you have a zoo than... <laughs> yeah pretty good yeah yeah it's it was not something that i realized that i needed in my life but now i love that it, that i have this yeah so it, it's uh it's a shame if it's not their most popular star trek show right now if if their numbers I, don't bear that out it, i would guess that it is if i had to guess it wouldn't just because it's animated and because i don't feel like like you were saying, I feel like they really marketed this as like towards the Rick and Morty crowd. They really did. It was a big mistake. And I, it wouldn't surprise me if it wasn't their most popular thing right now. But it, I, I definitely agree. I think it should be. It really should. I mean, it should be. I hope they can find a way to remarket it or something if it's not doing. I mean, they, re, they re-upped it for season three. I haven't heard beyond that. Um, but it would be a shame if it doesn't last five or six seasons because it's it's they've got enough ideas to get 60 episodes i'm sure oh yeah it's just such a wealth of i mean they they've touched tng they've touched ds9 and voyager they've touched original series i don't think they've even gotten close to the movies or any you know uh yeah there's one movie reference with the cerritos flyover where they just keep flying around the cerritos for like 10 minutes uh yeah. well, so... and he talks about he talks about in one of the like in, in one of the earliest episodes because i watched it last night where where she's like she asks she says something about spock and he's like of course i know about spock he came back from the oh, dead right, right. Yeah. yeah 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 so good well thanks for sharing uh some some non-carbon scoring time with me some yeah some phaser time yeah oh and just to go back man those the dolphins were hilarious oh dude when (laughs) there's something wrong with this blowhole (laughs) i like that one dolphin was just completely add (laughs) it's like i just said that like i just we just said that (laughs) yeah yeah it's um yeah those those dolphins in season two were, were great oh and i loved the I, I I'll go back to your question. I think that my favorite episode is the one from season two where they have the different species lower decks people. So like you see the Klingon lower decks people and the and the the Vulcan lower decks people yeah. and and the Borg lower decks people. Uh, I, I love that episode. That what a what a great um, way to show that everybody, even the Borg, where you would think that like everybody but the Queen was a lower decks person, <laughs> but like. Uh, they all have like the same the same problems and frustrations and everything. Yep, I I really like that uh, 
where he tries to become first officer on the Klingon ship was, and he's like, the only reason he excels is because he walked the do- the the dog, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That this and and tying it into the fact that all those ships then come together to fight right later on. Um, and like, yeah. okay, well, this is a funny. If that episode had gone nowhere other than being a day in the life, it would have been funny. But then to sit back and be like, wait a minute, all these ships are connected through, okay, the the Pakleds and the Klingons are working together. So they show up together initially. And you're like, oh, that's weird. Maybe, maybe we'll get to that next episode. Oh, no, here comes the Cerritos. Oh, who's going to save the day? It's the And like tying that all in is is really shows a lot of concentration. And the sense of a group, a group think kind of way, you know what I mean? Like it, it shows concentration, not like mental concentration, but what dist- distillation of ideas down to really what makes them pointed in, yeah. in, in service of something better. Yeah. They do a really good job of, of writing on that show and getting the, getting, getting the, the, the plot really ironed out and making it work and then working in a bunch of jokes that are that are really funny like a lot of times a lot of times uh writers put in jokes that really aren't that funny uh just to try and because they're like well we need a joke here but like that show i feel like it's just has uh really good jokes and it's just like comedy beat after comedy beat after comedy beat and they make sense within the flow of the 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 show the plot so i i feel like they do they have a really tight tightly written script in pretty much every episode and the the comedy beats are are quick they come very quick sometimes they back and forth back and forth stuff can be very funny and then like an episode where they had the uh renaissance fair ship where there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of plot right yeah and the jokes are more about the ridiculousness of letting Star Trek be Star Trek for a minute. And like, <laughs> you just have to laugh at like, oh, we're just all accepting that there's this Renaissance ship now. And like, everyone's acting like it's completely normal. Like, no yeah. one's acting like this is ridiculous. Like, this is, abs- you know, no, we're accepting of your culture. And it's like, <laughs> how are you not laughing? You yeah. know, um, just letting a joke play out on its own um is very good it's very good yeah thank you for uh watching prodigy with me i thought i might have to report on it alone and uh that would be sad because you know talking back and forth about it you really reminded me of some stuff that's more important than the things i thought were my notes that were important um and that's that's what they call collaboration sister i i really enjoyed prodigy um i much more I than not, i thought i would yeah yeah i i am not i don't i don't think that it was a waste of my two hours obviously i watched it twice so my four <laughs> hours uh but i mean like i i really enjoyed the show so i'm yeah. i'm i'm very excited about the state of star trek animation right star trek in general but also star yeah. trek animation but i would say forward. if i if i were ranking obviously we don't have strange new worlds yet but if i were if i were ranking a wild ranking of three shows woo uh but your modern four shows i guess your modern star treks that are available these immediately rise to the top the 
lower decks is far and away the most well-informed and in-universe continuation of star trek if you loved tng and you haven't watched anything since then you can still watch that show and know exactly what's going on the rules are exactly the same etc nothing has changed if you've watched more star trek than tng you're even better off right you'll get more jokes you'll get more invested and then i'm serious about this after the first two episodes i wasn't sure but after the fifth episode this prodigy might be better scripted than picard honestly i I agree and And i i I say that as someone who who enjoyed picard uh but it did not if i if i had to pick a weakness of picard it probably was the writing yeah like i felt like it's not the acting the acting in picard is very good yeah no yeah um but and and what's to go back to yeah to go back to your point about about uh the writing and how it works so well with the feel of next gen for for lower decks i feel like an awful lot of i generally enjoy discovery but i feel like the stuff that i don't enjoy is when discovery the writers of discovery are fighting against the constraints of having to write a show within the Star Trek universe. Yeah. And so I, I actually feel like I'm more excited for discovery now because they're 9,000 years in the future and they won't be as constrained by that as when they were yeah. set, you know, right before the original series. Whereas with lower decks, they're like, we're just gonna, we're gonna dive in with both feet. We're that's a, that's a bad analogy, but like we're, we're going to, we're going to write, from the other direction we're going to enjoy the fact that we are in star trek continuity there's a strain on discovery at all times um and i have not seen season four they are five episodes into it i believe maybe six out of 11 i will probably wait until it's all out i i honestly am deciding whether i want to continue with it or not and i've never not watched a star trek thing all the way through even that animated series i did it i i've watched as mad of many as many documentaries as are available i just every step of the way feel like someone on discovery is we have to change something to be different Every minute right. of the, every minute of every episode, every shot, every thing, down to what the tricorders looked like, had to be different. It was like, right. why can't you accept the things that exist? I understand you're upgrading things because they have to look better than they did initially, right? Like the higher resolution means you have to create deeper backgrounds with more information and that's fine but like literally just changing how everything works for no reason other than straining against what was there before is very difficult to accept but the the tenor and the the creation of that show are rooted instead in right like the assumption is that it needs to be bigger and better and faster and more exciting every single item seems to be taken in in a way of like it wasn't good enough before and that is the part that i think that a lot of people struggle with it with because it seems like a person has come in 
and basically said, the thing you like isn't good enough, I'm making it better, is the tone. Again, if they had set this show from the beginning, nine, whatever, nine, uh, 9,000 years in the future, yeah, I think that that alleviates almost all of the the that disconnect because then if you want the klingons to look different you don't you're not running up against anything it it was the it was the decision to set this as a prequel that really i feel like hampered discovery if if they would have just gotten to the point where they were in season three where they were in the future and that explains why the ship looks different if they just built the ship to look like a the 60s enterprise constellation class yeah and then and then you have at, at the end of the third episode, you're in the future, and they retrofit the ship. All of that's fixed. The reason why the Klingons look different is because we're thousands of years in the future. Yeah. Everything's fixed. So, like, all of those things, if you want to tell those stories, make much more sense. I don't know why they didn't set it after Voyager as opposed to setting it before the original series. It's just so strange to have walked in to that time period and said, everything about this needs to change. And then after I've changed every bit of a prequel knowledge about these things i'm gonna just jump to the future so like i have to change the way the klingons look i have to change the way the klingons behave i have to change the way that we move through space with the spore drive i have to change the way starfleet works i have to change basically lined up everything so that it was connected exactly to the i have to change spock spock has a sister now and that's why he connects with his emotions later it's not the fact that his mother and these the crew around him later on touching all that stuff didn't need to happen it only came and it comes off as and i'm not saying that this is the only way that it is but it comes off as and this is why a lot of people struggle to like it a lot of people like it there's a very dedicated fan base for discovery but the dedicated fan base uh, for discovery seems to come from championing roles and actors and and um the things that are good about it right the there are a lot of good things about it. Like I really love the actor that plays book. I really, really liked um, Sonequa uh, Martin green. She's fantastic. And and all these things that are good about it seem to be championed well by people that like the show and rightfully so uh, in those instances, but they, that seems to make up the fan base versus the people that came to it saying star Trek and then realized that where it's gotta be Kurtzman seems to have and i i don't know the man and i can't speak to it but seems to have this thing that i was talking about earlier where like i have to change that to be better and so what you're talking about he stuck around in this past period to change literally everything before the exact start of star trek right like yeah and then jumped away to the future without explaining what those changes mean so i changed all these things about the klingons okay well does that still fit in continuity or are you changing continuity i don't know they're in the future now I have the spore drive. Well, no one ever talked about the spore drive. We've uh, created the uh, Terran Empire connection, and, and now we're jumping to the future. And like all the fun with none of the responsibility is what Discovery yeah. was. And I don't know that that's what it is in season four. They're in the future. Uh, it was intriguing to jump to the future in season three. I, I don't know. I struggle to be interested going further with it. But I... I know myself and I know I will probably pull the trigger and watch it, but that's my short, what? short, short spiel on discovery. I am definitely going to watch season four. Although I will say, I know that I'm like the only person on earth who liked Saru 
and and you the are. original you really are <laughs> i really am I, the original saru before he lost his his ganglia yeah uh i thought that that was an interesting story that they told but i i actually really enjoyed the character of saru and i thought that he was set up i'm sure that they changed it i'm sure that the plan was to keep him around much longer than he was but that they as all shows do that they reacted they had to take steps because he was such an unpopular character he always reminded me of of the the in the book ring world the science fiction novel ring world yeah the the three-legged uh alien that gets everybody together where they his his entire society is based on like um being cautious their their leader is literally called the hindmost because he stands at the back where it's the safest um <laughs> and and so that was what that was what i thought of when i thought of saru and I thought that that was going to be an interesting dynamic to have him as uh, a uh, either the captain or I, I thought at the beginning that they were setting it up more where Michael was going to be the captain and he was still going to be the first officer. But yeah. to have have that be not Picard and Riker, but have it be um, somebody who is willing to break rules and somebody who is willing to take chances, have a first officer who's like completely no. by the book yeah. and and really 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 cautious i thought that they could have gotten some really interesting stories out of that and plus i just sort of liked the character in general i know everybody else hated him i i liked saru i, I liked him i think i, I liked I, I liked his his uh his early character moments and and thought that they were interesting so i was i was disappointed when they when they did the episode where he lost his ganglia and changed his behavior and then and then having them basically write him off the show i think so. he's back so you may not be too oh, disappointed good. it's a lot to say about discovery and then maybe if i think, we're I all think coming discovery's different... a larger a larger uh <laughs> discussion season three was better but and like now i feel like with michael being captain then that removes like the last thing that really was like bugging me was the fact that she was committing mutiny every other episode it's just crazy, and... right? well she'll still be commuting mutiny just with a whole ship well, she can't commit. She she she'll disobey orders from the admiral, but yeah. I'm okay with that. That's okay. that's better than her than me saying why is she still not in why jail. is she still the first officer? Right. She has she's literally constantly committing mutiny, which you can't you just you can't have that. It's it's different when it's the captain disobeying the order from the admiral. That happens all the like not as much as it happened in Discovery, not oh, as frequently happens. as Picard it happened did in it Discovery. all the time too. Right. Exactly. It's different when it's the captain. I feel like we're in a really good place now. If we get into the first episode and they demote her, I'm just going to be like, you know what? I, I may not even finish this up, this oh. this story arc because I, I don't understand why they keep doing that. Well, uh, here's to positivity and optimism and to subspace transmissions. Thanks for joining me, yeah. Kit. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It I was, was good to talk some Star Trek. I was. It was fun to talk Prodigy because it. It's fun to talk prodigy. Let's just you know, there's no because. It was yeah. fun to talk about. Uh, it's it's a fun, I, good show, yeah. and and I hope I hope it I hope it gets the ratings that it needs to keep going. Yeah, and I hope that more people discover it and enjoy it as much as I, I did. It, yeah, I hope it catches an audience. Is what I was gonna say. So we're we're on the same page on that one. I have to thank you for your recommend based on your family's experience. Uh, we are now currently working our way through He Man and the Masters of the Universe from the '80s. Oh yeah, the original yeah, filmation stuff. stuff they, they both dig it. They are really. Ha 
they think Skeletor is hilarious. Anytime he talks, they just start laughing. Oh, yeah, uh, he is. And for one of my kids, which is kind of scared of a lot of stuff in movies, uh, it was kind of a revelation that bad guys can still be funny. Um, yeah. So we, we're working our way through that, which is kind of exciting, given our discussions on carbon scoring about toys and uh, what they're going to find in some stockings going forward. You know? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, I know that I know that we have gotten many hours of of uh play out of the Castle Grey Skull that I got and the nice. all the different origins because the origins figures aren't that, you know, I think that they're the price went up, but I think that they went to like I think that they started out at like 12 or 13 bucks and many of them were cheaper than that, so it's not it's not uh it's not an expensive No. It's hobby to get for me to get a dozen origins figures over, you know, three, four months. I mean, it's definitely cheaper than those revelations figures, which is a huge factor in my up, up, uh, up. I don't know what the word is for upcoming when you're still working on a decision, but up, up thinking, uh, decision. I need, I need big bad toy store. I've got, I've got the man at arms deluxe, the attorney and, the Eternian Royal Guard that is like the old man at arms with no mustache. Oh, he, before like, he had the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have that on order. I have Buzz Off on order. I have Webster on order. And I have that that uh, Skelegod mini. Oh, the mini Skelegod. That's sitting in my pile of loot that I want so that I can get it, so that I can do the 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 story that I want to tell of Skeletor getting the sword, turning into Skelegod, and then the sorceress turning him into a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I don't want to pay $4 shipping just for that one five or $6. No. Eternia mini. I want, I want that other stuff that's supposed to come out in December. Yeah. To come out together. so that I can get yeah. it. But yeah. I've got, uh, yeah, it's going to be, uh, I've got Stinkor that I'm giving to myself. Santa's giving it to me for Christmas. And then, <laughs> uh, uh i've got the the two i've got faker and duplicat and uh the castle grayskull set with the the robot and the like the spirit of grayskull and stuff that that we can open on christmas day and play with so i'm trying not to uh over overextend myself on my reaction super 7 collection going forward <laughs> trying to make sure that They're... i remember that that is not i do not have to get everything yeah you know that they have the Star Trek ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, to go back to that, uh, to have a Star Trek toy minute, they in like 1989, they had three and three quarter inch next gen figures. Yeah. I don't remember who made them. I don't think it was Playmates, but it might have been. But like they they looked like Kenner had made 80 Star Wars figure versions of of the bridge crew. It was like Picard and Data and Jordy and Worf and Tasha and stuff. And I I had some of those. And and uh the reaction reminds me exactly of those. And and so I might end up picking up a set of next gen. But they have uh, the reaction ones. I think that they have way more. I think that I think that there were like eight back in like 1989. I think that they only did like one wave of them. And I, th- I think I still have my 1980s uh, diecast Enterprise D. Oh, nice! Just hanging out. It's all scratched up and and destroyed, yeah. but it separates at the saucer still, and it's heavy. Oh yeah, it's super heavy. I don't know how I would ever get rid of this thing. I just don't know what to do with it. It's just so, so yeah. destroyed. No, you know, but uh, but it's it's integral to my 
love of Star Trek, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Super 7 has so many. Like, I have Terminator ones. I got the Snake Plissken one. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Alien and Aliens ones. Uh, they have Ninja Turtle ones, which I really don't. In general, I don't. Galoob, it, 1988. If, if, well, that's not that's not really what I go to the reaction ones for. Uh-huh. Uh, what I what I go to the reaction ones for the stuff like Terminator that never had a, a like signature toy right, exactly. that I collected yeah. that I wished would have been out. Uh, stuff like Ninja Turtles and He-Man, I too closely uh, identify with their original scales because that was the so like I'm not going to get Transformers ones. I'm not going to I don't need to get G.I. Joe ones because G.I. Joes were already in that scale. And uh, like, I don't I don't need five POA G.I. Joes. I'm not going to get the Ninja Turtle ones. I'm not in general. I'm not going to get the the He-Man ones because I I identify them with that five and a half inch. Right. Scale. You like the bulkier toys. Yeah. The stuff like Alien and Aliens and Terminator and stuff that never had toys. You know, that's that's the stuff the. The, I, I know that they had Mego, Mego Planet of the Apes toys, but I, I wasn't old enough to ever play with those. So I, I got a bunch of the Planet of the Apes three and three quarter inch ones. And Ken got me the the playset from Comic Con like oh, cool. three years ago. Nice. So that was kind of yeah. But I'm I'm looking um, at a lot of uh, 1990s Playmates Star Trek now, and I'm like, mm, maybe maybe that's what I need. They made a lot of those, and they have not. A lot of them, I'm sure that there are some that are like insanely expensive as well, but there's a lot you can find. Um, that's a that's a toy line that's collectible. Well, I I, I haven't checked since COVID, but uh, that's a that's a not cost prohibitive because a lot of toy lines were so scarce. They didn't they just didn't make enough of them that they're really expensive to collect. Yeah. But because that Playmates line was so popular, you can find a lot of the a lot of versions of the key characters for not a ton of money. And they all look like they're three and three quarter. That Playmates line. Or am I wrong? The 1989 next gen line, or are you talking about the, the bulkier? Uh, uh, these are like first contact 96. Looks like maybe they, they're actually six. The first contact figures are not three and three quarter. Inch. They're probably figures. like five or six inch. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, and the main Playmate ones, the main Playmate ones are the same scale as like the Dick Tracy figures or the Ninja Turtles figures of that era. Okay, so, so like, like four, 1992 four Ninja Turtles. Inch. Yeah, whatever that. I think I think Ninja Turtles are five inch, yeah. but I'm not I'm not sure. But it's like that same scale of like kind of a little bit um, taller than three stocky. And three yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, they made Playmates made a ton of next gen Deep Space Nine Voyager movie figures yeah uh like there's hundreds if not thousands of of different characters from that line that was a very robust and very successful line um yeah i like that of figures in the 90s i like that the a lot of the accessories for all these characters are the same so (laughs) yeah they didn't have to ever reprint accessories yeah same exact uh, stuff on all of them yeah somebody did make like I think it's like one wave of like eight figures of next gen three and three quarter inch. Like they literally look like the reaction figures or like if if Kenner had made them yeah. in that same scale. Uh and they all had like a uh a phaser molded into their hand. And I think that they might have come with an accessory like a tricorder or something. I don't I don't remember. It's been it's been a long time. Yeah, I had I see the card data he's got a phaser in his hand. Yeah, they they all had that. I think that they might have made a Ferengi 
I think that maybe that was the only villain that they had made. Maybe, wow. but I'm, I'm, I can't remember, but, but like, I, I love staring I had, at stuff while you're talking. I would keep looking at stuff as you bring it up. Yeah. I'm like, what's Rangi look like? But I, I had the Picard and the, the data and the Geordi. And unfortunately the comic shop that I was getting my figures from sold out before I could get Worf. I re- I really wanted Worf. He was, Aww. he was the, the last figure that I, that was on my must have list. But I didn't I didn't have enough money to get them all at once and I and he was gone by the time I got around to it. So. In our in our uh ever going series here, a new series of what were they thinking? What do you think this guy on eBay was thinking? He's selling two reaction figures together. One is Spock. The other is Snake Pliskin. What how do you get well, you, you can put Snake Pliskin with anybody and <laughs> and he goes, Well, because Snake Pliskin is awesome. I just don't know how you end up with Snake Plissken and Spock in the same lot of figures. I just, I'd, I'd buy that two pack. I would. I'm <laughs> considering it. It's not expensive. I'm, I'm, I'm looking 80s, at it. 80s icons. Yeah. The search for Snake Plissken and the search for Spock. I think his jacket comes off. I, I'm trying to figure it out. Maybe Snakes. not. I, I can't know. tell if J- Snake's jacket comes off. I don't. I don't think his. I think it's all it should, molded. I yeah, don't think. Should, should I don't be think molded, Snake which means there's another Snake Plissken figure with no jacket. I think. I think Kyle Reese is the only one who has a jacket that comes off that I can think of off the top of my head. He has like, you know, you remember the, the Endor Han, the Kenner Endor Han who had the like cloth trench coat. Yeah. So they have like that exact same. It's not camouflage, but they have that exact same trench coat that oh, goes I'm looking on at it right Kyle now. Reese for Terminator. Yeah. Um, but other, other than that, I don't think any of them have any have any clothing that comes off. Oh my god, this is great! Oh, it's the whole trench coat. That's why. Yeah, yeah. With here's one without it. Or they what? they have a really good. He's got a shirt on too. It, yeah, they have had a really good run uh, with a lot of. Now it's going to be pretty expensive. I was able to pick up most of the Terminator and and. Uh, um, most of that stuff on clearance mm-hmm. because like they'd come out at target or whatever. And I just kind of keep an eye on it and, and get the figures for like, you know, six, seven bucks on clearance. But like it's, pr- it could be kind of pricey for you to go back and get a lot of the older stuff that's out of print now. Yeah. But I mean, like, it super like... seven just makes a ton of figures in, in like, like if you go to their website and you look at their properties, like they, they probably insane. have, 40 different properties that they're making three and three quarter inch figures in right now that are in print. <laughs> yeah. They're, the quality has clearly gone up. These Terminator figures faces are interesting. Yeah. Well, and so funny, a uh, funny thing was I was in, what was I in? Like an FYE or something. And they had, they had uh, the like Chrome, the the no skin version of the just the skeleton version of the of the terminator okay and the, in the chrome but his leg was broken like in the bubble you could see that he had broken in shipping and his leg was broken oh no and so it was like it was like two dollars but i was uh, like sounds like you should take works. his legs off right. and make him crawl this works for me right exactly i'm like this works perfectly for having yeah. him be the version that that is broken after they blow him up in the truck so like after they like At stick the bomb in the his bomb in him yeah yeah so i'm like i will buy that for two dollars like sure. absolutely give me that give me uh-huh. that chrome terminator so yeah nice and on that note <laughs> Yeah, but it is it is definitely it can be a very slippery slope yeah. if if you if you let it get in there. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to get 
so, like I was saying, I'm probably going to get some of those Star Trek reaction figures. I, um, I'm staring at them right now. But I, I, otherwise, I I really try to not get crazy about the reaction stuff because there's a lot of stuff that that I could definitely be like. I mean, they do a lot of stuff that I don't really care about. But then there's also a lot of properties that are sort of like on the periphery yeah. that I'm like, you know, I could I could I could really, you know, I mean, and there's there's like, I don't know, probably 40 aliens figures <laughs> like the you know, different versions of the xenomorphs and like all the Marines and like the whole the Stromo right. crew. There's like Ripley oh, in the much. space suit. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm like it and it, it gets very expensive very quickly. Yeah. I can imagine. I mean, because they're also and, not cheap figures. I think that the uh, Star Trek ones have gone up to like eighteen dollars retail. Yeah, they're expensive. I mean, just yeah. on their website is eighteen bucks. Yeah, and if you're trying to get them through eBay or something else, because they're, I don't think they're out of print though. Um, I don't know if they're out of print, but no, they're they're still in print on their website. But yeah, eighteen bucks retail if you want them straight from Reaction. So yeah. I got to wait. Maybe I might have to wait for uh, like what I did with Motu this year. Just wait for the the sale to they hit. Sell, they sell reaction stuff at Target. It's back in the section where it's like the pop culture stuff, not in the toys. Oh. And okay, because I looked uh, in the toys and I was like, I don't see where I don't see this reaction he, stuff that that came yeah, to just, me. Every time you're in Target, just kind of swing by back there. I don't and, know where that is like, in look, Target. It's usually like at the back of the store, okay. and there's like a bunch of Stranger Things stuff and is it like, by video games is that what's the deal is they don't put it near the toys? yeah it's like it's like the back wall so if you go to like books and video games and movies uh, it's like the in most targets it's like the back wall right like behind that and they okay. have like t-shirts and funko yes. pops and, okay and so it's in and, there that's weird yeah i didn't and look at it in toys just kind of swing by every time you're in target and see what's on clearance because yeah. then you can get them for like half price and then they're you know eight bucks a uh eight reaction bucks is, is Eight, eight bucks is stom stomachable, yeah. Yeah. Eight bucks is what they should be. Uh, unfortunately, they can't be obviously because they're produced for a niche market, and a lot of people don't even open them. But yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I would take a Guinan action figure. It looks pretty good. Yeah. Does she have the phaser molded into her hand? No. <laughs> good. None of the Super Seven ones do. Okay, good. But there is a there is a 1994 Guinan from Star Trek Generations that uh that looks pretty good too uh picard looks like he has a phaser not molded so none of them are molded but okay. uh looks like crusher wharf data and picard can all hold a phaser and then there's a borg whose hand looks like it could hold a phaser but doesn't have one it's molded to hold one for some reason yeah well i'm i'm definitely going to pick up that wharf because like i said uh it always kind of bugged me that i was never able to get him um i wish that they had I wish that they had Jordy. I hope that they make a second wave and that there's a Jordy in it because then I can get all of the. Yeah. I don't remember. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's good. It's so but yeah, there is a Ferengi. A, I, I'm I'm pretty sure I saw the Ferengi. This is a deep hole, man. We can get down into. You know. <laughs> yeah. There's Q. I see Q. He looks good. He's oh, got man. his somebody original. Somebody has. Yeah, somebody on Mercari has the exact set that I was going for for sale right now. It's a Jordy. Uh, oh no, that's Riker. That's not Data. It's Riker. Never mind. Oh, you want the yellow suits, huh? You just want all the yellow suits, yeah. But well, no, because Picard's Worf, got a red suit, and Worf early on has a red one, not a yellow one, yeah. Right? Or he does yeah. he change to red later? I can't remember which direction it goes. He has yellow and then red, or red and then yellow. I can't. He's remember. got he's got red with this with the gold sash, right? In yeah. in this figure that they're showing, I thought that I thought that that was um, not Riker, but it was uh, 
data, but it's not. So. Nice. Okay. Well, uh, if I break down and buy a bunch, we'll talk about it next time. But until then, thanks for joining me, Kit, on uh, Card sure. and Score. People can find us on the YouTubes and the, the anywhere podcasts are. Podcasts at WeWereGamers.com if you want to uh, chime in with your thoughts on Prodigy. You know, positive thoughts on Prodigy. 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 Progeny. Progeny? Star Trek Progeny. Yeah. There you that's go. What it is. <laughs> now you sound like Dreadnought. I know I am Dread. Progeny. Or not Dreadnought, Diviner. He's the one who calls her progeny. Yeah. Yeah. They're both good. They're good bad guys. They're good bad guys. Yeah. They're, uh, thank you. Thanks for joining. Yeah, sure.